Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So first, about Indonesia, one of the biggest concern people would know is that the majority of the country population is Muslim, but we're not a Muslim country. And we're a democratic country. So people think that, oh, Muslim country, you wear like this hijab or the headscarf, but we don't. And also as a country with right now, we have the largest population for working people like millennials, like 18 to 35. We are act very active on social media. We like to share our stories and sometimes being too nosy about other people's life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's true. How you day? How you day? So those are some fun facts about Indonesia. And today's guest is Sabrina, who is an Indonesian currently living in New York City. And we dive into her pursuit into travel, what got her into the whole traveling experience, why she really is passionate about slow travel, and she educated us on various aspects of Indonesia, how to travel for cheap, and where to go if you are truly someone that wanted to explore the world. It's really interesting for me because I've always been fascinated with people that were able to create careers out of their passions. And Sabrina's one, so I hope you enjoy the episode. It's an insight into a world you might not know. Enjoy. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads And today's guest is Sabrina Koswalagito And she is an Indonesian currently living in New York City To pursue her business idea in the travel space She started her first overseas trip in 2001 when she was 11 years old It was a one-month exchange program in Sweden After being exposed to 11 different cultures and living independently for the first time She became hooked in her culture, solo traveling is not the norm for women. Often she got ridiculed and rejected by her friends and family. Fast forward to 2016, her blog and writing finally led her to continue her, her master's degree in tourism in New York City. Her travel stories are now being published in so many places in World Nomads and Thought Catalog and Thrive Global. We're going to be talking exactly, we're going to be talking about what exactly it means to be a solo travel woman, how to find your voice. And what exactly sustainable tourism is. Welcome to the show, Sabrina. Hi, thank you, Tayo, for having me. The pleasure is mine. So <laughs> I'm um, very, very curious about that uh, 11 year old experience. So 2001, you had this one yeah. month exchange program in, um, in Sweden. How did you come about that program? So basically, my parents just sent me to these um, classes one day on a weekend. 
and they told me I'm going with this group of kids to ex- for an exchange program. And next thing I know, in like the next three months, I'm in Sweden with a bunch of kids and then living in a school at that time as a camp that they transferred as a camp for a month without any technology, any way to contact my family, and they cannot contact me. And just living my life in Sweden and having fun with these kids. And we have always a schedule every day, like activities and social nights and cultural nights uh, where, where we rotate on different countries. So there were 11 countries at a time. And this yeah. was, and this is before social media, so it was probably different, right? This was before email. Well, email was there, but you weren't like using email at, at the time. No, I, I don't think. Well, I, that was when I have my first email. My parents made my first email, so right. they can contact me. Mm. But yeah, so after one month, we kept contact with letters. I actually received a bunch of letters every month from Brazil, from Colombia, from the U.S saying how am I and we miss you and all that stuff and I actually still kept uh, some of the mementos back then like the t-shirts or like the scrapbooks that I met with them and like the thank you thank you notes before we left the camp and right now uh, when I'm in New York one of my friends here is actually the one from that camp that is crazy yeah Yeah. so we kept contact after what 10 years, 17 years? I cannot count. No, no, no. Yeah, about 17 years. So it's crazy to me because when I was, you know, 2001 for me, I was uh, a skinny Nigerian kid in a, a, you know, in a French-speaking country in an American national school, you know, with a Nigerian accent going through puberty. And I remember also having my first email address and one of my pen pals was Swedish. And so, yeah, so I was teaching her English and, and we were practicing that, but that was when pen pals was a thing. You know, people were like, oh, hey, you have a pen pal. Uh, it, and it was interesting because she used to tell me stuff about, you know, the Swedish culture. And I'm, I'm curious, as with you as an Indonesian, how did you find, um, a, you know, adapting to the culture there? And how did that spark your interest in traveling? Because you didn't stop, you know, when you were level. You just kept doing it. <laughs> and so you must have figured something out. You must have enjoyed something initially. And I'm curious if you could share some tips on what you did to connect? So my tips on connecting with my friends back in 2001 is other than um, sending letters, uh, we sent some birthday presents or birthday cards, depending the international pricing, of course. And then email came along, social media came along, MySpace came along, and Facebook came along. But the true ways to really connect with them is just keep showing up. Oh, I mean showing up is not face-to-face, but always remember the special dates like birthdays or special events in their country like Halloween or when there's uh, big news on their country. Always email or contact them if they're okay and what's going on in their lives. Yeah. And checking up on them every now and then. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you know, obviously initiating contact and, and uh, trying to find things that you you have in common, you know, the common ground, and then building yes. building things around that. Okay. Um, now, you're Indonesian. And yes. 
there has been a, an interesting uh, uh, resurgence on kind of what what it what it means to to show Asian representation in the media. But a lot of people, a lot of my um, Asian friends talk about how Asia is much more than what the TV shows, right? A lot, I think a lot of people, my friends at least, they tell me that they feel like uh, the diversity of Asia isn't sp- spoken to um, enough. So I want to give you a chance to just talk about the things and in, in Indonesia that people don't normally expect, you know, the travel, the culture, what exactly it's like to live there, what, how diverse is it, what the people um, normally like to bond over? Okay. So first about Indonesia, one of the biggest concern people would know is that the majority of the country population is Muslim, but we're not a Muslim country. And we're a democratic country. So people think that, oh, Muslim country, you wear like this hijab or the headscarf, but we don't. And also as a country with Right now, we have the largest population for working people, like millennials, like 18 to 35. We are act- very active on social media. We like to share our stories and sometimes being too nosy about other people's life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. But we have a lot of entrepreneurial spirit, such as uh, we have our own unicorn companies, think uber but for motorcycle and also we're starting to build awareness about entrepreneurship entrepreneur like driving uh, woman empowerment and basically already open to the globe that traveling right now no that's interesting to me because nigeria is also well nigeria has about 50 percent muslims and uh, christians are also uh close to that maybe 49 percent, something like that so we have big, large population of both. But in Indonesia, I think it's one of the largest Muslim um, countries in the, in the world. Yes, e- 80%. 80%, right? So even with us, we have sometimes, in Nigeria, sometimes we have, um, uh, unfortunately, we have an extremist group called uh, Boko Haram. And sometimes we get, whenever I come out or I tell people I'm Nigerian, they're like, oh, is it like really horrible? Do the people kill each other every day? And it's because, <laughs> yeah, because people, people see that in the news and it taints some people's view of how people, you know, essentially see see uh, the country. Have you ever encountered people saying things about Indonesia based on what they saw on the news? Or do people focus on, like, the entrepreneurship culture of, like, say, Bali or, or things like that? So we're a pretty peaceful country. I think the terror is not, like, Indonesia against the world, but it's... Right. Indonesia against Indonesia, like our people against our people. Indonesia has more than 17,000 islands with uh, over 580 language and dialects. Yeah, and then we have, uh, we acknowledge five religious religion, and we all, and also we have a bit like hate and, not hate and love relationship, but we have what we call them pribumi, which mean like the local Indonesian, like from Japanese, they call them like the local local. And we also have culture from the Chinese people. So we have like Ch- uh, Chinese Indonesian in Indonesia. So how do I say this? So our difficulties is sometimes integrating the pribumi or the local local with the Chinese Indonesian. 
because we have a long history of being colonized by the Dutch for like 350 years and by the Japan for three and a half years and then we had our independence. And the mindset, the mindset of the people were like destroyed by this colonization. Mm-hmm. So the Indonesian Chinese, they're like the business people. They have the big companies. They they have the inter- the more entrepreneurial spirit, while the local people have more like the political spirit, the political and just being local, basically. So there's sometimes a clash between them, like culturally. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, I'm come in Jakarta, the capital city, uh, where of my manager, majority of my uh, friends or like the area that I live is local, like Pribumi. While if you go to uh, North Jakarta, that's where the Chinese Indonesian lives. So it's a bit hard in terms of culture and how to make friendship uh, with them. But it's but it's not like you're gonna go to war with them or like right. there's not like ha- big hate. It's just a difficult communication ways. Yeah, and so. yeah, and that's interesting. So the the Chinese Indonesians have a different mindset from the uh, from the locals. You said. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and, and more on inter- in terms of like entrepreneurial spirit or values hmm. in life. Yeah, that's also another way, by the way, to essentially know how to connect across cultures. So even within your own country, learning how to understand different backgrounds is something that you've been used to since you were a kid. Yes. Uh, so our main language is Bahasa Indonesia, only one language, but. And each tribe, they have their own language. So sometimes my mom can speak Padangese, which is another tribe in Sumatra, another island in Indonesia. Or my dad can speak Japanese. So there's some language differences sometimes, but we our commonalities is the Bahasa Indonesia, the Indonesian language. That's how we can integrate each other and not, be, not go to war with each other because we have differences. Awesome, awesome. So being integrate since like have to find commonality since little it's easier for me to accept other cultures and when my friend my 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 parents send me to sweden 2001 it's just like okay new culture maybe new countries new language but that's it i think it's just the same people the same background we're just human and we just find some similarities and i find we're kids anyway (laughs) <laughs> uh, what about, uh, talk to me about coming to New York City. New York City is a very different city, but I, I know that you found your voice and self-worth in New York City, so I want to know how that became what you did. So I arrived in New York City in January 2016 to continue my master's degree mm-hmm. in tourism management at New York University. And, well, New York City sucks. Basically, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> whoa, is that okay? No, <laughs> well, basically, it's hard, it's supposed to be hard. It's the country, uh, sorry, it's the city where everybody it's the dreamers and the doers flocking together in this city, and you just have to find your worth in the city, okay? Like, why you're much different with anyone else, you have to like strive. 
to get out your voice as soon as you can. And it's also coming back to my culture in Indonesia. Like the culture is not normal for women to travel, solo travels. The normal culture is that after you finish school and get a college degree, you get married, you get a good job, have kids, yada, yada, yada. It's normal. But for someone who has a lot of ideas and want to speak their mind, it's often get really cool. So when I arrived in New York City, I'm a bit shocked that people can just say everything and do everything they want. So the first three to four months, uh, my honeymoon period with New York City ends. It means that I got into like a depressive mode mm. and I start hating everything in New York. Uh, people go so fast and everything like work, work. So then I realized why I want to be in New York and start reading a lot of self-help books, uh, continue or like making more deeper connection with my friends to combat that depressive feeling. Otherwise, I don't think I want to go to a therapist just because I'm in New York City. Wow. Wow. So, so you had to be introspective. You had to um, really ask yourself a few questions, you know. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I have like several books that help my life, like help bringing my self worth. Uh, I can say that here. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm curious though because coming from a culture where, like you said, the 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 norm is different from say what a New York City is, which is, you know, it's very opinionated. It's go 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 go. Um, when you when you initially come across that, I can see how challenging that would be, but. You stayed. You stayed. And I'm curious as to what you did that really said, hey, you know, Sabrina's voice is amazing. And this is how I'm going to start to share my voice. Was it through your writing or did you start speaking in events more? What really gave you that confidence with your voice? Um, I started with my writings and my work. So when I arrived here, I started to find like internship or working opportunities and I always did good on any of it. But the difficulties of getting a job here, it's just because you're international, they need to sponsor you. And so I think back a lot and I realized that all the things that I've done in Indonesia, all my curiosity, why I do this, why I, tra- I make a travel blog, why I, I was a community manager and help out other people, somehow led me to hear life in New York. And I believe that's worth it because not everybody can understand their whole life and connect all the dots in such a young age. I think I'm still young. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're you're definitely still young and and you're very, very mature, which is is the most impressive thing. But I I agree with everything you said in, in terms of, First of all, travel is one of the best ways to find yourself, and you've been doing that since you were 11. But also, even someone like you who has traveled a lot, to come to a city where you feel like your personality doesn't jive and to still have the wherewithal to say, hey, I need to ask myself even more questions. Who am I in in this environment? Can I still exist that way? And creating a platform for other people to do the same, it's incredible. And um for those listening, Sabrina also runs this amazing blog called Slow Travel Story. And, you know, essentially, you know, you, you bring, you cover several stories on 
you know, slow travel and you share all these tips on, on ways that, um, you know, people can really understand different cultures as they're traveling. And, and I think it's, you know, it's therapeutic in a way, because as I read some of these stories, you know, I, I, I often hear and see you tie in entrepreneurship into the, the travel. You're like, you know, productivity haps entrepreneurs can depend on while you're traveling. You know, five reasons your travel photos aren't getting reposted. So you really tackle the culture of travel and you show people how to do that in digital media as well as in an entrepreneurship lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and just so that others in the audience, you know, I know who you are and know what you do and I know the amazing thing you do. Can you tell us a little bit about how slow travel uh, story started? Oh, it's a funny story, actually. I made Slow Travel. It, the name wasn't Slow Travel Story back then in 2014. It's just a travel blog where I went. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Share my experience stories and as a way for me to learn how to write because I hate, I actually hate writing. <laughs> And then it's also a way for me to connect with other bloggers because at that time, back in 2014, I was community manager for a food startup company. So I have to dive in. And one way is to make a travel blog. And I realized I really like it. And I like sharing my stories. I like helping people. I like knowing the people that I help have fun with my recommendations. So... I continued with it. And the name of Slow Travel Story came actually when I was in New York. After I learned about sustainable tourism, about destination marketing, basically all about tourism in my university, and I realized that I really like to travel, but I don't like to travel very fast. Like one city, one week, that's enough for me. I'm good. So that's where the Slow Travel Story name came up basically by accident and basically by knowing what I like, what my uh, passion, and I just changed the whole direction. So I have a more niche blog. Right. Okay. So slow travel is for how many months or weeks? What, what, what counts as slow travel? Well, there's no exact science mm. definition for slow travel, but my definition of slow travel is one city a week. One city a That's week? How one city a week, yes. Ah, and that's so you're you're saying if you go to like Greece, for example, you'd be in Athens for the whole week, and then you could go to Santorini for the whole week, and then Mykonos for the whole. Not like you do Athens, Santorini, 
and Mykonos yes. in like this. Ah. So because first you have to get a sense of the surrounding, what you want to do, and then you gotta meet people and try the local cuisines and try the destination. Because what fascinates me is not the buildings or the landmarks itself. I mean, it's just a block of statue, whatever you want to see. Yeah. But the people you interact or the culture or the music or the food that you try, that's what brings more memories than just taking photos in front of the town. For example, Eiffel Tower. That's it. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Because for me, Indonesia, like if I, when I, when I, if, when I go to Indonesia, I definitely want to do Bali and Jakarta, right? Jakarta is the, is the capital and Bali, yes. but everyone always talks about Bali, like Bali, 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 Bali. But um, sometimes when I see my friends go, you're right, they do do like, oh, I was just in Bali for, uh, you know, the weekend or I just stopped there. And um, you know, I like what you're saying because I think there's, you know, not that there's anything wrong with, you know, with quick travels, but there's, it can be a benefit from slow travel in terms of really understanding the country or the city from not just a touristy point of view, but also from a local's point of view. Yes. So my suggestion is at least you need two weeks in Bali. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You said two weeks now. (laughs) Well, if you arrive, well, if you travel from the United States, it's a 24 hour flight. Okay. And you get jet lag for like at least two or three days. Okay. And then you have to explore the areas of the island. We have the beach area, where the digital nomad lives area, where the food area, where the party area, where you want to do self-meditation area. So it depends on what you want to be in Bali. Right. You, are you a surfer dude? Are you a party person? Are you the digital nomad? <laughs> it's up to you. Uh, and okay. people said that expensive. Or it's not. Actually, as a local, with uh, the minimum wage is $200 a month. Whoa. You have to live in Bali. Actually, it's $200, I think it's in, a con- in our country right now. So you don't need a lot. I, you actually can live in Bali for less than $600, including accommodation. Including and that's for, accommodation. Including accommodation and the accommodation, it's nice. You have either your own room, your bathroom. It's basically like a studio in New York City. Wow. And then you can still have fun. Go to the beach, party, eat out, listen to music, do yoga every day, sometimes take a coding class, or go to co-working space. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, you're right. Two weeks does sound like it's, it's, uh, it's a thing to do. Okay. <laughs> but let's say, let's say two weeks in that. But then... Uh, one of the things that you do after you, you, you know, you talk about slow travel is do you now write, what tips do you write on your website? What do you do to ensure that your tribe is informed? Because on your side, I see many different types of stories, but what does your audience generally like to hear from you? So I write a lot of travel, um, travel information which means that uh, what's the best and tips on a certain uh, destinations, like but in a local way, and all like for example the price and how long you have to be there and what's the destination that not people show up not it's not written online, and also I have a section called Power Woman in Travel where I highlight 
the CEO, founder, and game changer of the travel and hospitality industry. A woman, specifically, all only woman. So it doesn't. It's not like oh, you're a, or Instagram or influencer. No, but it's actually the woman that helps shape the industry, like the co-founder of a magazine, the hotel sales uh, manager in, for example, Marriott, the editorial chief of National Geographic. They're the woman who who change how you see travel and in media and yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and those sometimes these stories aren't covered enough, right? Um, and we don't no. know. Right. And so you focus a lot of that. And, you know, women's empowerment is definitely... Um, a big deal for you. So I love that. And for those listening, you know, she talked about that. She has destinations. Uh, she has an opportunity for people to contribute, but she also has a lot of travel resources and travel events. So if you're thinking of going to a particular destination, um, there's more likely that, uh, you know, Shabrina has covered that and she's told you where you can go and probably the best way to hack and how to basically um, you know, think like a local. And I just saw exactly what you said, how to travel in Bali with less than $600 per month, including accommodation. <laughs> so it is a real thing. That is so insane for me. Sometimes in New York City, $600 could go in a week, depending on or freaking the, 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 the rent is that's not even up for rent, right? That's not even enough for rent. So that's, that's crazy. Less than if six. you really want to live like local, local, yeah, actually can do three hundred dollars including accommodation. But let's say we have more fun. Six hundred dollars then. Six hundred dollars. That's incredible. So uh, just think about think about Bali if, if you all are thinking of traveling. So another thing that you're passionate about though is sustainable tourism. What is that, and why is it important? So sustainable tourism, according to the United Nations World Tourism Organization, or UNWTO, sustainable tourism is a tourism that takes full account of its current and future economic, social, and environmental impacts addressing the needs of visitors, the industry, the environment, and host communities. So in easy terms, sustainable tourism should make optimal use of environment resources and maintaining essential ecological process and helping to conserve the natural heritage uh, and also respect the host communities build li- built and living cultural heritage and contribute to intercultural in- understanding and in long term the most important is to ensure viable economic operations and providing socioeconomic benefits to all the stakeholders in writings like stable employment and then more income earning opportunities and then what you can do to contribute to alleviate poverty. That's sustainable tourism. Yeah. It's about, yeah. No, that, that's incredible. It, it's, it's really, it's, that's what it's about. It's, it's making sure that uh, you're also protecting essentially, um, it sounds like you're protecting the environment as well. Yeah, we're protecting the the bottom line, the people, planet, and profit. People, so not profit. People, people planet, planet, and profit. profit. The three uh, three P's: people, planet, and profit. Why do people always act um, like uh, it's uh, it's not a big deal? Because every time I, I hear sustainable uh, sustainability topics or things in the news, people always say, "Oh, it's just science stuff. It's not really something that's going to affect us now." But 
you know, according to what you're saying, it's something that really does have an impact to essentially affect the whole world if we don't start taking care of, of, of the environment and people. Yeah, so for example, in Bali itself, uh, we are one of the largest plastic-consuming country, and especially within Bali, with one island, at least uh, one family will have access to two plastic bags. So, and then we have eight million, or like two million people in the island. So just calculate that. And so it's not healthy for the locals because, like, when they throw it in the trash or they burn it, it goes to like their system or like way of life. So there's a lot of health uh, problems, and then there's also natural problems. So it's very difficult, and one I like this one organization where right now they're doing a Keep Bali Cleanup. Uh, so basically taking up trash, uh, a movement where every Sunday or like every month we're doing a Bali Cleanup. Wow. That's because cool. the tourists are terrified when they see Bali with a lot of trash. I mean, we just have to clean that up. Yeah, and also in terms of people... Uh, one example that I know is in Seoul, uh, the capital city of uh, South Korea. South Korea, yeah. South Korea. So they have, in 2016, they have 13 million uh, tourists or foreigners came to the capital city. And it 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 basically make a big traffic congestion and then excessive noise. So it's making the locals feel uh not safe or uncomfortable and then in 2016 so when the government created Seoul International uh, fair and sustainable tourism forum and the result is they want to have more sustainable um act or ways and it, the result is the signature of MOUs between the Seoul metropolitan government and Venice Municipality and Tourism and Seoul Tourism Organization Marketing to develop and promote a fair and sustainable tourism. That's, that's I mean, incredible. Yeah. it's like over tourism, everyone. And, and and that's for once again the reason why I'm really enjoying talking to Sabrina and why I was excited. I didn't even know that you wanted to be on the podcast. You're like, ah, let's be on the podcast. I was like, I I didn't even know you would want to be. But I th- this story, by the way, is incredible because. The things that you talk about, you know, the idea of what slow travel is allowing you to understand different people. If I'm looking at the world today, I see that there's a lack of empathy, a lot of lack of really understanding. And, you know, we sort of go, 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 but we don't really understand how to see things from different perspectives. But slow travel allows you to do that and understand a different idea. Sustainable tourism, something else you cover. This is something that is really protecting all of us and allows us to make sure we have a healthy environment and also protect our profits also important and then the, the women empowerment that you talk about is is one of the you know it's one of the the, the most um undercovered things that we have in our world today where we don't celebrate enough of our women um and you know and we don't promote just accurate stories of what incredible women are doing all over and when a lot of women don't see themselves in the story it can become frustrated so i hope you understand how important the work you're doing is Thank you so much. It's it's fun. Well, I, I I do the work because it's also fun for me. 
like I got to meet this woman and learn what's their journey and how they can tackle the challenges of being a woman entrepreneur and how they overcome the stigma where women cannot be successful or men. It's when you have a when you want investor, they prefer men over women founders. Right, right. That's so true. Wow, that's that's it. Ah, that's. I'm so excited. I'm already geeking out. But before before we wrap up, I want to give you a chance to talk about um, how to make and maintain friends from all over the world. You know, what are your tips for that? Um, well, I know social media or technology is making connection easy to maintain, but the key truth is by always listen and be useful, which means that listening doesn't have to be like you have to be on a call with them every or meet them every single time, but just listen when they post something and react and give them, give them like solution and be useful and try to be useful before they ask for it. Because when you have a friend in trouble, most of most likely they would lash out on you or like they would try to not get attached or try to get away from you. But that's just a sign of maybe they're having trouble and you're slowly trying to help them out or be useful to them. So don't necessarily think someone angry, it's about you. Maybe they're just having some bad happen with their week. Yeah. And one also the key of maintaining friends from around the world is that whenever you travel any city, any country, make sure you find out if you have a friend there and try to meet. You don't have to ask them to for accommodation or place to stay or like take them anywhere. But like meet for a coffee or like a breakfast one day and just spend that's why I like slow travel because you have to maintain your relationship with friends across the globe so you have another extra days to socialize with your global friends yeah yeah and you know so basically listening and figure out how you can be useful so yeah. um which are, which are things you, you always talk about when you read listening uh it is the thing that people always forget about listening is that it, it's it's not just you hearing someone it's also the other way around <laughs> right so like you know when when you say something listen to how they're reacting and listen to what they're saying and sometimes when someone is saying something as you travel one of the best things you start to see with listening is that nonverbal cues matter you know sometimes someone could be saying something and the nonverbal could be different um we both live in a country uh we, we're both from countries where bargaining is like part of the the culture <laughs> In, yeah. in the in the in the markets and sometimes you know when i'm in there and i'm always bringing when i've talked to my my friends and my foreigners they was like oh but but he said uh this price and i'm like but you didn't just look 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 exactly at what's happening you know it could be more and and it's it's a nuance but that only is only something you can pick up if you actually listen for cues uh and understand um and being useful i can't express to you how you well, useful. That tip is because it's if you show that you can add value in whatever country you're in, that makes you uh, invariably an asset, and that makes people want to say, "Hey, you should come check out this place. We have this deal. Come meet this person. Come meet our family. Come do that," and you have a richer experience. So, um, yeah, those are amazing tips. Thank you so much. Ah, the pleasure is mine. 
So, <laughs> uh, where can people find you, Shabrina? Well, people can find me on my Slow Travel Story blog, slowtravelstory.com, and you can sign up for my newsletter where I shared about travel hacks, ideas, and ways to save on travel every week. And also on Twitter and Instagram, Slow Travel Story, the same. Well, well, I'll make sure I put that in the show notes and make sure everybody has access to those. But before yes. you go, yeah, no, yeah, we'll definitely get that, and we'll put all your your your, your social media platforms as well. But um, before we go, I have to ask you this question, which is my mission statement: use your difference to make a difference. How do you, Shabrina, use your difference to make a difference? Um, well, I think uh, by my writings and by my ways of always being curious with uh, other people and culture. So I hope in my writings I can share other people's voice, and especially women's entrepreneur voice, and spread that throughout the world, and especially because if you're in America, you know there's it's, it's more easy to be, well, it's not easy, but you have more access to, be, to for entrepreneurial ways, while in Asia it's not even... Uh, process in their minds mm-hmm. like they already have a barrier from family how can you have barrier from that yeah. so to spread my differences uh, bring out my differences is through my writings to your writing. and I, yeah i hope it will inspire more people or not inspire but help them that's awesome that's awesome you know yeah. and you write with a lot of vulnerability so it really shows through so i really I want to thank you for the work you've done and thank you for spending the time with me. I know you're very busy, so I appreciate that. Thank you. No, thank you so much. I'm I'm glad I got to your podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I, I, can't, I can't wait to share this. And thank you for educating us on, on um, Indonesia. I'm sure there are a lot of uh, facts that you shared that many of us didn't know. And so thank you for that. And uh, I look forward to uh, sharing your, your story with the, with the world. Yes, thank you, Tayo. Till next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.